really get to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, or sorry, Sunday, June 14th. I got ahead of myself. I'm ready to get this week started. <laughs> so I got real I got real pumped. We've got a That's tweet. good. You're getting after it. I know we've got I was hoping they had already seen the latest episode of All Tales because it's gonna be on Tuesday. We've got it recorded. Um it we gonna tell them who it is. We're gonna break the news yeah, now. Break it. Uh, VFL Jarnell Stokes joined us uh, today. We got to. It was a great interview. Um, different than expected. And um, there, there's just. I think there's a lot. I think what's really cool about this um, Vol Tales is that it's it's their platform. Yeah. We wanted to give VFLs uh, a platform to talk about um, whatever I guess they wanted to talk about. And what what Jarnell what was on his heart and his mm-hmm. mind was something that's uh, very important. Um, that's going on in the world today and um, and it has a lot to do it typically when we got you know when we get these guys on we want to talk about them he wanted to talk about the athletes that are at UT right now I thought that was really cool yeah and it's just like a it, it was a good conversation like there was it was just a bunch of talking and, and listening mm-hmm. and that's that's the production that you know, I think a lot of people just need to have, right? Um, especially with all this going on right now. Absolutely. I think that's the best way to to move forward and attack the issue that's going on right now. Yeah, and Jarnell talks about it a lot. I'm gonna let you guys listen to that. It'll be out Tuesday morning, uh, so look out for the latest of all tales with Jarnell Stokes. It's it's an awesome episode, and we we do talk we do talk some basketball, which is great because I, I'm sure a lot of uh, Vols have some great memories of Jarnell Stokes dominating the boards. And he actually talks about uh, how he's trying to fine-tune his and change his game. Yeah, just a walking double-double. I think he had 40 double-doubles while he was at Tennessee. That's got to be – he's got to be up in the record book then, right? It's like fourth, I think. Fourth, okay. Yeah. I was about to say, it's got, it's got I to I think be up he there. tied the record for most in a season with 22. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. So that's out. Look for that this week. That'll be out Tuesday. Um, excited for you guys to get to listen to that and listen to, to Jarnell. We appreciate uh, Jarnell Stokes hopping on with us. It's, it's a great episode. We do have a great episode today as well. We're talking, like I said last week, we're going to really take a deeper dive into Tennessee's opponents this year. This quarantine, this no sports. We would we would be talking about the Vols in Omaha right now and uh, what they got to do to win the College World Series. But uh, with that not happening, we got to do some other stuff. So we're going to preview, really, really preview the opponents past just that week, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. We Obviously, you know, Charlotte's a little bit different. That, that should be a win, and we're actually going to talk about that too, talk about the, the wins that I guess Tennessee's got to get and kind of kind of how those would lay out for the season. So we're going to rank the wins. And uh, then we're gonna, we are going to talk about some Vol baseball. We do got it. Some guys got drafted this weekend. Um, Garrett Crochet being the highest Vol drafted in – can't remember how many years. Since now, 2016. Oh, it was – okay, I was thinking he was taking higher than – Yeah, so um, Nick, Nick Senzel was number two overall. Okay, that's yeah. right. And then uh, pitching-wise – I think he was the highest since 2005 or 2006, but it was technically. Yeah, I think it was because uh, Hoshaver was 2005. But I think he t- he was 40 overall in the f- in 2005, and then he got drafted again in 2006, in 2006. and he was number one overall. Yes. So, yeah. um, baseball drafts, man. What are you gonna do? Crazy. <laughs> and then we've got we're gonna talk some Coach Doug's. Uh, <clears throat> still number one, hanging on, hanging on for life for. It's close. Is this the last? I mean, this is the last season. Doug. Yeah, so and he's making us sweat it out. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's tough. Uh, and then we have some some questions from from the fans and uh, drop them in. I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Let me pull up YouTube real quick. I've got YouTube and um, uh, Twitter. Drop them as they go. If if we're talking about it right now, uh, we'll go ahead and answer that question. If not, hang on for the show though, because we've got an entire segment dedicated to asking whatever you want to ask. So just hang on with us, and we'll, we'll definitely get to those questions at some point. 
Uh, drop them in. We'd love to talk about it. Whatever you guys want to talk about, we'd love to do it uh, in the show. So yeah, make sure so you do that. Like all that, share it, do it right now. Um, get this episode out there. Um, and it's good to see everybody. Good to have everybody. It feels in like the it's chat. been a while. Yeah, yeah. We we like to see those same faces in there. We like to see new faces. So, exactly. Yeah, spread that out a little bit. Um, get people in here. Let's let's talk. Absolutely. Let's talk some ball stuff. Before we do that, though, Landon's going to tell you guys about the uh, people that make this show possible. Yeah, go check out our sponsors, Bet Now, Tennessee Tap House, and Hound Dogs. Can't beat them. Nope. So join them. <laughs> go, That's uh, right. Go, go check out those uh, those sponsors. Um, you can see those. I think they're on the screen somewhere. They are, yeah. Um, so go check them out. Um, really appreciate everything they do. And also go make your account on volunteerroadshow.com. Yeah, make sure you um, do that right now because... We're not. We we've stopped giveaways for a brief time, but football season's getting closer, and the giveaways are going to come back, and they're going to be bigger. Yep. So, so go, go do that. You'll you'll get access to all our free content, um, articles, shows, um, anything like that, and it gives you kind of a, a a platform of your own to kind of talk in. Exactly. Um. So go do that. Go check that out. Um. Let's let's get it. You let's ready? do it. Let's hop into Oklahoma. Uh. Immediately. This is week two for the Vols going to Norman. Last time the Walls went to Norman, uh, 2014, it, it started out as it, it was almost one of those games that you were like, oh man, I really feel like we were in it for a minute before mm-hmm. everything kind of fell apart. Um, it was a good game environment. Uh, Oklahoma, they striped the stadium, which actually inspired the checkerboard uh, checkerboard kneeling movement. Um, it did. I'll give Oklahoma credit; it did look cool, and um, it was a. It, I feel like it's all you could ask for in a power when you go and have those home and homes with power fives. Yeah. So I, I expect the same thing this year. Absolutely. And if they put that out where, like, they're going to let people in the stadium, I mean, it's I, – I can't imagine, like, how many Tennessee fans are going to make that trip. Yeah, they'd probably be a lot. That'll be the first sporting event for Vol fans. Um, well, Charlotte. It's yeah. a big sporting event, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big, big-time game. Charlotte would be undoubted. Like, there's zero doubt in my mind if, every, you know, if everyone's starting to feel safe. I don't know what feels safe either, like – I don't know how many ball fans right now would go into England Stadium if it yeah. was, but but with things changing, um, I mean, if, if everybody's feeling relatively safe and the stadium is open, I cannot imagine a world where there's not one hundred and two thousand in the stadium. Oh, 100 percent. And yeah, I, I don't know what safe is either because every time I go in a restaurant, every time I leave, <laughs> um, I feel like I have to put hand sanitizer on. Like hand sanitizer is a new thing. Well, uh, yeah. If, just if make... I was a big investor, Germex, like any kind of hand sanitizer, Purell, I'm getting it. I mean, I'd. Have put on way more hand sanitizer in the last three months than I have my entire life. Oh, 100 percent, yeah. And uh, yeah, so maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe just put some stations throughout the stadium. Yeah, let us go. yeah let us load up on hand sanitizer. Maybe well, do a better job than uh, Calhoun's. Just yeah. like you answer no to all these questions. Yes. <laughs> okay, you're good. Maybe do uh, something a little bit better than that. Right, and get uh, some wet wipes somewhere. And we'll have hand sanitizer at the tailgates. We will. And, and maybe who's doing the thermometer? Should we do the thermometer check? <laughs> yeah, I'll be the one to shoot people right in the head. With a th- thermometer. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to need you to get on your knees and put your hands on your head and uh, go up to their forehead. I, I got to make it like... 98 degree. you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> no, we're not running a fever here. Um, yeah, it, I, I can't imagine that Oklahoma. I mean, I feel like even without fans, it's got to be like a... Just because that'll be, for Tennessee and Oklahoma both, that'll be a their first big game of the season. So it'll at least be mm-hmm. a lot around surrounding it. Yeah. Um, so Oklahoma opens with Missouri State. I mean, even with we talked about how Oklahoma we've talked and we've talked about these games at least you know a little bit uh, as it's gone on. But Oklahoma opens with Missouri State. They are 
they are kind of looking to repl- they're looking to replace a lot. The good news is is uh, Lincoln Riley has a pretty good history. He's had three different quarterbacks, um, three different Heisman winners, and uh, or two different Heisman winners. Excuse me, three Heisman three. candidates, three Heisman candidates, and um, and he's thirty six and six since taking over. Yeah. Um, with all my doubts about Spencer Rattler being a Heisman winner, I mean, I, I'm very confident Lincoln Riley's going to have him throwing for four thousand yards and oh yeah, 100%. you know, plenty plenty of touchdowns and that offense will be be clicking just fine by the time probably by the time they see Tennessee. My hope is that's not the Hopefully case because <laughs> they do have to replace CD Lamb as well. Um, what was his final yardage last year? Thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred yards. Um, See here, 13, 14 touchdowns, and the other four wide receivers on that roster that got touches didn't match his touchdown. Yeah, so he he was all the production in the passing game. That's a lot to replace. Uh, they do get a grad transfer from UCLA. I don't know how much that really does for him, and I believe he's going to be injured. That's um, Theo Howard. I believe he's going to be injured coming into this year, and there's questions if he'll even be able to re- ready to play. I don't know if that means week one or if, if you know if he sees Tennessee, but there's a lot of questions um, in terms of production for Oklahoma they get they do return all their offensive linemen mm-hmm. um, I think they're expected to be one of the best in the country this year yeah and, and so that you know I think there's they're secure in a lot of places um, but yeah I mean there, there's there's still plenty of questions uh, to answer they, they do get uh, their running back back is that Kennedy Brooks who's that yeah Kennedy, Kennedy Brooks. Brooks I think he had a thousand yards yep. um, thousand total just, yards just over a thousand yards and um, and then they get their uh, their H back back that's a uh, um, Charleston Rambo. So, yeah, I, I think Oklahoma is going to be good. They're they're going to be the best team in the Big Twelve, like they are every year. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't think with you know what they had to replace Jalen Hurts gone, Kenneth Murray gone, C.D. Lamb gone. Um, who who else is Trey Sermon gone? He went to he transferred to Ohio State. Um, Jaden Hazelwood is out. Mm-hmm. The the five star wide receiver that was a freshman last year, he's out with a torn ACL. Um, then you have the the backup running back and Stevenson who had 515 yards. Right. Um, he's suspended for the first five games. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like the door is open for Tennessee to kind of make a statement. They're ranked number seven on two four sevens. Athlon, I don't know if it was released when it was released. Uh, Athlon put out their 2020 rankings. They're ranked number four. Okay. Uh, and while we're talking about that too, Tennessee was not in their top 25, which okay. I'm not surprised by. Yeah, that's fine. So um, we receiving votes. I don't pull it up real quick i really don't remember mm. um gotta be receiving votes hopefully come on, come on. Uh, but yeah i mean there's there are you know they do return a lot and like i said i'm pretty confident that lincoln riley i, I guess we're assuming spencer rattler is going to be the uh, starting quarterback they also have tanner mordecai who was um i can't i think he might have been a, he was either a four or five star coming out of waco texas uh so i mean if it's not Spencer Rattler, they're going to have a good quarterback. Yeah. Um, so and but, anybody in that system is probably going to be a good quarterback. Exactly. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty confident that the ball will be rolling there. I just they're, they're de- I will say their defense did get better last year. Now we say better, but I think they were ranked over a hundredth in uh, takeaways and ranked like 68th to overall, which isn't great for a team that should be you know bidding for the college football playoff. Yeah. Um, but they did improve. I think they were ranked almost 80th the year before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at least, at least that defense for, in terms of Oklahoma, at least for them, that defense is getting better. But how do, you talk, they had to replace their leading tackler. Um, I, I think they're expecting two freshmen to start on in that linebacking group. I, I like, I mean, I feel like the door's open. Tennessee has a lot of questions too. And that's what makes this game. So just, 
it's hard to really bet on Tennessee and, and take Tennessee to do it, but I feel like the door's open. Yeah, I just think their defense kind of is suspect to me. I mean, they they put up huge numbers offensively. Right. You look at that last game against LSU, and LSU beat up everybody pretty bad, mm-hmm. but they had almost 700 yards of total offense. Right. Right. And you hope to God that Jim Chaney's just licking his chops like mm-hmm. it's a – Shoney's buffet, <laughs> right? And and it, and this is one of those games we talked about early, later in the year, whatever. This is a game that later in the year, I could give you a confident answer about Tennessee's offense, but I, you just don't know. Yeah, it, it could be clicking. It, it could easily not be. There could be a ton of questions at quarterback. I just don't. I don't see there. I feel like there's definitely going to be a ton of questions at quarterback. Even if JG comes in and plays great against Charlotte, how how confident do you feel after that game? It, even if Harrison Bailey comes in or start whatever how confident do you really feel after that he's a true freshman yeah jg's had some you know good games along the way that he's pretty much won the game for tennessee and then he's had some games that have you know got a loss for tennessee <laughs> had a loss and then he's also had some games that are, he's just been middle of the pack that you're asking for more from him but you didn't get it but you also can't blame you've had games where you're like couldn't blame it on him yeah so it's like i just charlotte's not gonna prove anything for me so i think there's just gonna be a ton of questions that the most important position on the field um and that that just it makes it makes this game interesting for sure. Yeah, I think just because like Oklahoma's probably been there before, I guess, yeah. in these kind of matchups. Whereas Tennessee is like they've been in them, but not really competitive. Like now right. we're, we got to the point where we should be competitive, and should I think be. we're every bit as talented as Oklahoma. Right. Like star wise, recruiting wise, I mean, we put up we probably out recruit them, and and you're touching production wise too. Uh, you know, you they've got Kennedy Brooks returning. I feel like when you have a thousand yard rusher, a guy who's experienced, plus returning all of your offensive line, who are um, is a pretty star-studded offensive line as far as those offensive lines can go. They do have the advantage in the rushing game, whereas you're also trying to replace pretty much everybody on your defensive line, or at least the the premier players on your defensive line. Mm-hmm. And so they they do have the upper hand there. That hurts. You've got uh, Lincoln Riley's track record with quarterbacks. I feel like you get the upper hand there. Now the good question is, who are they going to throw? And I'm, you know, they have people to throw to. Yeah. It's just they haven't proven it yet. Yeah, I, I just think like if it's going to be a shootout, I think Oklahoma wins this game. Right. If you're able to stop them, I don't think they stop us. No, it's going to. Because I mean, like like you said, the uh, their whole line returns that gives them the edge. The same with us. Yeah, I mean that that's true too. And then they also I think lost both cornerbacks if I remember correctly, starting quarterbacks, corners. So uh, I know Woody Washington. Um, he's from Oakland. He's, he's a Tennessee guy. He played a lot in that LSU game and a okay. lot in that Baylor game. So gotcha. uh, I think he's one. I don't know if he played kind of that star position for right. them, um, but he's probably one to look at for that um, for a cornerback. Gotcha. Role. And and that's but that like you said, I think there's a ton of the good the good news about Oklahoma because I'm with you. They they've been there. They. Everybody on that roster, or not everybody, a lot of guys on that roster have played in a college football playoff game. Now, granted, they got blown out, but they've been there. Um, they've they've won. They played in title games. They they've won games. They have that experience, and that's I mean, that's a lot of it is just learning to win. If you've already learned to win, that gives you that gives you a leg up. You've you've got the advantage. Tennessee's not quite learned how to win. Now Tennessee is coming off of a uh, the you know tied for the second longest streak in the winning streak in the country. I feel like that helps you. You got some. You got some. I guess swagger kind of coming into the season. I think a lot of people. I, I don't think Tennessee. Who would ever pick Tennessee to beat Oklahoma this year? 
Like who who's gonna? I just don't see anybody thinking that could happen. You got to get that underdog, and then, mm-hmm. plus you, you you got something to prove, but you also know you can win. Does Tennessee get you know have that you know at least a little bit of mental edge kind of coming in with that? Um, ah, you know, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting one. I I hate that it's a lot of athletics on our quarterback. Yeah, but that's every. I mean, that's that's why you play that position. Well, know, some some people got it, some people don't. Right, and I, I guess well, what I mean by it's on our quarterback. You you talked about how if they can't get the stops, and you don't think they could, you know, you don't think they can. If history repeats itself, they cannot stop anybody. But I think it's past that. Is Tennessee going to shoot itself in the foot? Yeah, I mean, and that, that, that's, that's, the, that's possible. I agree with you. I don't think the Oklahoma defense is just going to go out and make a ton of plays. No, I, don't. I think it's on, can Tennessee limit the mistakes? Those mistakes aren't bad mistakes, turnovers. And can that help you if if you're at least not on the – if you're not scoring, you're at least on the field for a really, really long time. Because yep. that's – they just – Oklahoma just wants to score and score and score and score and score and score. I mean, as much as possible. They're out there. It's um, it's it's points per minute. How many mm-hmm. points can you get per minute? And that that's the big thing. And it's and, uh, and a ton of guys that they have to replace and, right. and doing like they want to score. But Jalen Hurts put up five thousand yards of total offense. That's right. a lot to come in and, and expect Spencer Rattler to do when he doesn't really have you know spring practice and stuff to go through. That's that's kind of tough, and not saying right. that he's just been sitting on the couch. I don't think that whatsoever. Um, but I mean, that's got to be like, hopefully, it weighs on him a little bit, right? I mean, you know, that that expectation, like everybody before me has been a Heisman candidate. I have to elevate my game to get there, right? And, and you talked about how he's probably not been sitting on the couch, but he's also not been in spring practice, yeah. And, and that's big for which that's one thing we talked about because we get, we're, I'm sure we'll get that question at some point tonight. What are the thoughts on Harrison Bailey? Not having spring practice is going to – and not that he could go and win the job in spring practice. That was never an option. But he missed 12 practices that would give him 12 more practices than he had. So, that, I mean, Spencer Rattler, I think everybody is kind of in a – I think Lincoln Riley's holding off because not a lot of people name starting quarterbacks, especially when they're – he'll be a redshirt freshman, um, especially when they're – you know, don't have a ton of playing time. It's not as easy. Which and is he, really he, weird. He only threw 11 times, and he could have had – it, it seemed like they did not take advantage of the four-game rule whatsoever. Right, and they did. Um, Tanner Mordecai, I think, was kind of the backup. I think he was, like, the backup. Like, he okay. was listed as number two. I think he only threw, like, 25 passes, though. Like, he didn't throw a ton. Yeah, yeah. So, it was a lot of Jalen Hurts. And, I mean, they weren't barely beating teams. No. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. They probably didn't completely take advantage. But, again, like, leg up. How much experience does he have? That's good. He is a player. Um, so, I mean, he's a, he's, he's a five-star. He was a pretty good baller in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's won games. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's pretty great for, um, for Oklahoma, as far as the quarterback situation goes, I don't think there's a ton of questions there. Um, but can Tennessee, the defense we talked about was getting better at some takeaways. Can they get some takeaways? Can they get them off balance? Can they eat easy scores? That, that would be that. That's, I think that's the question. Like you said, that's the biggest question in this game. Can Tennessee stop? Oklahoma, and then can Oklahoma stop Tennessee? Because I think that's the two questions. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're looking at that way, like our offense against their defense, I mean, there's – I would prob- I would lean more taking our offense over their defense just because of the line and the, the Eric Gray and the playmakers that we have. Um, but when, it, when it's their offense versus their defense with all they have to um, – 
replace. I, I feel like our, our defense is kind of set. Like our, our secondary, I feel like is um, experienced and, and prepared to face Oklahoma. Right. The thing I do hate that is a question about the defense is the pass rush. Yeah, when you talk that, about that, bringing, that is it. Yeah. When you talk about bringing a guy like Spencer Rattler down and making him make mistakes, you got to have pressure in his face. If he has time, it doesn't matter how well you cover. They're going to get open eventually if they have time. Yeah. Or they're going to have. There's going to be a, a a gap or a hole to hit to find, and, and he'll probably uh, he'll and probably then, be able to do it. Like you said, they got a good offensive line coming back. So right, right. I. It's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting. So um, who who would you pick right now? Right now, I have to take Oklahoma, man. I just because they've just because they've they've been there. That because that that's kind of where I'm leaning. It's just like they they they've done it before, and it, like the history of um, Oklahoma and their quarterbacks, you just think that they'll be up for the challenge. Um, now, can Tennessee continue that winning streak of? Um, or continue to, to elevate their game each game like they did at the end of the season last year, or are they going to lay an egg right, right, in those first couple games and then... Hopefully hopefully it's not a uh, you know replay of 2000. I know we all liked how 2019 finished, um, right. but I would love to avoid that replay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I do see Tennessee... I'll say this. I see Tennessee building on the success. I think Jeremy Pruitt... Um, I think you've heard a lot about guys buying in. I think Jeremy Pruitt's got that with not only his players but his staff and kind of everything within the program. And that's the big thing. If you're if your staff's on the same page as the head coach and the players on the same page as the head coach, everybody's on the same page. I think you've got a good chance to to be the best team like the uh, that you can be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the the talent on this roster, if we're talking about one of the, the best Tennessee can be. I don't think we're sitting here going, we just don't have the roster to compete. So I, that that does give me hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, by the time we get to week two, is that September 14th? Is that that date for the game? i got a schedule. I'll pull it up. By the, by the time we get to that week, when we're sitting here Wednesday. It's the 12th, right? 12th. 5th? 12th, you're right. Yeah. Um, if Once we get to that weekend, that Wednesday, and we go, all right, what's your score predictions? Or, you know, an hour before kickoff, what's your score predictions? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm picking Tennessee. <laughs> Oh yeah, hundred percent. So that's just the way it goes. Hey, you're talking yourself into it the closer you get to the season. Exactly, um, and, that, and that's one of the reasons we want to kind of do this preview early too, because I feel like it gives you kind of a you're stepping away because we're fans first. We don't hide that we're fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once we get to Sunday, sometimes Sunday after that loss to BYU, you're going. I just don't know if we're the team to do it. But by that Friday, you're you're going. I mean, if they do everything right, they could win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, 100%. Um, so um, we'll I, get there. I I do think that. I feel like Tennessee's maybe them in Texas, like us in Texas. That's their toughest games on the schedule. I think I would agree with that. Let me, yeah, I mean so maybe Baylor, um, but Baylor loses. They lost their head coach um, to the to the Panthers. So I, I don't know how good they will be. Yeah, I mean it. There's not a ton of tough tough games on the schedule. Um, I. I think the only people I think Iowa State is well. Iowa State could be a tougher game. Mm-hmm. That could be a tougher game. I mean, yeah, and, uh, and maybe o- Oklahoma State. I, I forgot they were in there. Um, yeah. They return a lot. Yeah, and a lot of them are they're being picked in like the top fifteen. Yeah, I mean that's Iowa. I think Iowa State's right outside like seventeen, eighteen. Okay. So um, I mean, there's some like you said though. Tennessee's gonna be one of their tougher games. I mean, that's got to be a it's got to be a game on their schedule that's circled. I can't imagine that Oklahoma's sitting there going, this is an automatic win, just because there's so many questions surrounding both teams. It's week two. Neither team opens with a game that you're going to leave going, yep, we know it to be true. Because even if games like that are close, 
I just don't feel like you, unless, you know, like Tennessee and Georgia State, unless they just play really bad and lose it, how how easy is it to walk away from a week one game against a, a team that you paid to come to your stadium? How easy is it to walk away and go, yeah, I know exactly what we have? Yeah. It's not. And, and Oklahoma's in the same situation playing Missouri State. Um, so they'll be ranked in the top five or maybe just outside the top five, somewhere somewhere in there, you know. Um, I'm curious to see where they get ranked when, like, the AP and the coaches' polls, preseason polls come out. I know the 247 had them at number seven. Right? And then Athlon had them at four. Okay. So that's why I'm, I'm curious to kind of see where they fall. I think they oh, potentially wow. could fall in the top. I know. I don't agree So who with did, that one. who did they? Oh, it was an interesting one. See like Ohio one. State, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma? Ohio was number two, I think. So Clemson one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, Oklahoma four, Penn State five, Florida six, Georgia seven, LSU eight, Notre Dame nine, Oregon 10. So that's top 10. Those are Some of those are absurd. LSU's yeah. too far back. Penn State's way too far up. I mean, I, I think that Oklahoma is – I feel like Georgia, Florida, and Alabama are each tougher games than Oklahoma. I would agree with that. In my opinion. When we're looking at it today, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but looking at Oklahoma's schedule, assuming they, they start out in top 10, I think even if you talk – if you're talking about a loss to Tennessee, I can't imagine a world where Tennessee doesn't finish. If you're talking about beating a, a top 10 opponent, Unless Tennessee just has an all-world meltdown if they do win that game. I can't imagine a world where Tennessee doesn't finish in the top 15 if they win that game. Yeah, sure. So, I feel like that's a good way to start your season. Um, and last year, and I, I mean, I know it kind of sometimes it sucks to play teams that good that early, but it also can be a really, really big, um, you know, stepping stepping stone or even a cornerstone. If you win the game, it's going to be a cornerstone to your season. Um, but, I mean, even if you're competitive and you play them close, because this is a team that, has a re- even if they lose to Tennessee, has a really good shot to play in the college football playoff. Yeah, so it could really be a a, a game. You look at the schedule and you're like that that game set the foundation for the season because I feel like if you play them close, um, you know maybe one mistake changes the game. Maybe Oklahoma just plays really good and you played really good and it's a fantastic game. I feel like that that gives you a chance to kind of elevate um, that play and it's just before you're you're getting into. Um, before you play Florida, so yeah, and you go to Oklahoma, but you're, you're probably not going to see a whole stadium. That's the good news. People, so. There's probably not too much home field advantage. Yeah, so and, and I do want to talk about that because the Texas governor apparently told the um, state universities to not to expect to be at maximum fifty percent capacity. Yeah, he told that that this week. So we'll see. Um, I got to imagine Oklahoma probably going to be a similar situation if that's what Texas is doing. If that's what the governor is saying, I got to imagine too, that that's what most of the states are thinking. I, I don't know. Probably. We'll see. Yep. We'll see. We're, we're, we're learning more about the COVID numbers this week. And, um, I'm picking Tennessee, man. I'm already starting it. All right. I like it. What, what, are, man, uh, what are you going to be thinking by game week? You're like, you got Tennessee yeah. by 100. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, dude, we're, I like it. We're yeah. better than them. I like it. I mean, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to be mad at you. Our, our, our roster is better than them. Trey Smith didn't even give up a sack last year. I read that before the show. Wow. He, just, he got picked to another All-American team, too. Yeah. He's a uh, – who was it? it was, I can pull it up real quick. It, there, there's been three. Walter Camp. Is that um, the one that came out this week? Yeah. Okay. Or, like, right before the show, I think. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, Walter that's Camp awesome was earlier this week. Oh, I don't okay. know the one before. Yeah, there's, there's three. He's been named a three. Gotcha. So that's, I mean, that's good for Trey Smith. If Cade Mays get, we talked about this last week. If Cade Mays gets eligible, man, that just elevates your offensive line. If Cade Mays doesn't get eligible, I still feel very confident about our offensive line. Yeah, I think Drew Car or Drew Carvin, Jerome Carvin is is very capable of 
man in a, a guard position if Cade Mays isn't right eligible. So. Right. Yep. I, I feel good about it. I like Tennessee's chances. I like Tennessee's chances at Oklahoma. Um, I in looking at Oklahoma, I know there's not much before they play Tennessee, but I also expect Oklahoma to be a, a, a top ten team, if not a top five team, and potentially um, battling for college football playoff spot. Kind of helps her in the Big Twelve. I'm not saying I'm that high on Oklahoma. They just kind of have an easier division. And Lincoln Riley's annoying, but the man's 36 and six in his head coaching career. Can't, um, can't deny it. You can't you can't knock it. Uh, he does play in a league that it's first to 100, but the man knows how to score 100. So yeah, got to give him credit for that. Yeah, you gotta play, you gotta play your game exactly. Um, let's uh, let's look at ranking some wins. We're in the we're in a good mood. We're talking about wins. Let's uh, let's talk about some wins. So I don't know how. You, I guess I should have asked you how I ranked them. I guess I ranked them not Furman, Charlotte, Troy. Okay. And then I did like SEC wins that I did write the last three in, but the five SEC wins that I think are for this season, I feel like they're probably must wins. Okay. So I, I did I did the easiest. So I went. Yeah, that's easy to. That's what I did. Okay, yeah. Okay. So I did, I did easy I did, for number one easiest. I did Vanderbilt because, like I said, I didn't do the the Charlotte Furman Troy games because those are if you don't win those games, unfortunately, Peru, like you're talking about his job. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and this this seems bad, but I think Charlotte and Vandy are almost the same because you know like, like we talked about last week, um, Charlotte like. Jeremy Pruitt has not won a season opener yet. This one's important. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – I'm sure he's got that one circled, so I think that's important. And I think, uh, you know, I, I feel like Will Healy is a lot better coach than um, I would agree with that. Derek Mason. I was surprised that Derek Mason is still the coach this year. Yeah. Yeah, so. I was too. So, yeah, I, I would go with Vandy. Like, we're talking SEC, um, Vandy, but I don't think they're a lot easier than Charlotte. Or I don't think yeah. they're like – too much harder yeah. than, than okay. Charlotte. So since so, did you write down those games or do you skip them as well? We can skip them. Yeah. Well, I just want to ask you now that that's, that we're talking about it. So, is there a game that you're kind of thinking? As I don't, I think Charlotte's trending in the right direction, but they're not kind of they're not a team that I'm like, dude, they could wreck a season because like App State in 2016, yeah, they could have wrecked their. They had season. they were a good football team that mm-hmm. had the ability to wreck a season for yeah. any FBS team um, or any Power Five team. So is is there anybody? I don't think Furman or Troy are that, and then I, I I think Charlotte's the best of the three that we played. Yeah, I do too. And I don't think they're they don't have the talent on the roster. I I like Willie. I just don't think he's the coach to do it. Yeah, I mean, definitely not this year. I, I think right. he's going to need some time to to build. Um, similar to like App State, right? You know, they they had to work their way up to, mm-hmm. um, to building that. So, yeah, I would probably say Furman is probably number one just because they're. They're not even Division One, right? Exactly. Um, and, and then probably Troy, Charlotte. Uh, but yeah, my first SEC is is definitely Vandy. Yeah, there you go. And uh, real quick, Furman bringing in George Quarles, yeah, the guy who every time there's a coaching search in Knoxville, you see his name pop up. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what he's done at Maryville. I don't, yeah. I don't. You know what? I don't disagree. Maryville's full of winners. George Quarles is what started that tradition. That's true, and, and not or a lot of not a lot of stars. He's a he's a system guy. Exactly. Exactly. So you know what? Sign me up for the George Quarles hop train. Yeah, I'm on it. I'll, uh, <laughs> Cause I mean, you're recruiting people. He's recruiting people to Maryville. Like, <laughs> imagine recruiting them to Knoxville with all those facilities. I didn't say it, guys. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> you're gonna get. You're gonna get. You just got loved by Alcoa fans and hated by Maryville. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, I, if I'm, I'll, I'll pick you to win the state championship again. There you if, go. If that makes you feel any better. <laughs> there you go. 
so number one, Vanderbilt, that's got to be the easiest game in, in terms of SEC on the Vols schedule. Uh, number two for that, that's that's Arkansas. Um, there's, I mean, Sam Pitt, I just can't. Sam Pittman's never been a head coach. Arkansas's yep. roster is depleted um, because they made some really dumb decisions in terms of how to um, how to shift a roster. And who to they, hire. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but more specifically, when they hired him, they should have asked him how he was going to shift the roster, and he wanted to do it so fast and so drastic that it depleted it and destroyed it. Yeah, Chad and Morris just, was a moron. I mean, I'm almost putting Arkansas with Vanderbilt because that that roster is just not good. Yeah. So I, I almost said that you know Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and Charlotte. There's not a huge difference. No, and we've gotten shafted the last. I mean, even against Auburn, you're sitting there going, "Dang, that's a tough uh, rotating West opponent." And then you've obviously got Alabama. Uh, the last two years, though, we've kind of gotten you know thrown some. Some gifts some, with yeah. Mississippi State and because uh, uh, I think in Arkansas. 2015 we played Arkansas and that was <laughs> they were good yeah they were really good we but lost. we had a 14 point lead and should have won that game true you can't run the uh, here's my rule you can't run the opening kick back and lose a game no you can't like if you do that it should be game over just I mean I'm just uh, it, it's like a skunk rule exactly <laughs> you well, automatically win I think you got to go win it I think a coach if a coach there should there should be a lot of questions if if you run a kick back and your coach loses that game. I think wasn't there a national championship game that happened? Florida, no, Florida won it. Did they run the opening kickoff back against Ohio State? That would have been twenty two thousand seven, maybe. Yeah, Six? maybe they did. Yeah, and then Chicago ran it back against the Colts and lost, right? And I think the same year, two thousand six, maybe. Yeah, that seems right. I don't know. I think I I'm, think so. I'm bad with years. I'm yeah, I'm terrible with years too. Anything like past twenty fourteen is like or twenty thirteen. I'm just like, ugh. I'm going to have to look that up now because I think it was Chicago that ran one back. And I think it was when they were playing Peyton. And you're sitting there going, ah, well, that. Peyton. <laughs> um, next, I've got uh, – I've got I've got South – I've battled with this one. The next three I, I battled with, I was like, I, I just don't know. But I've got South Carolina. Um, like okay. I said, I think Will Muschamp's – I think he was really flirting with getting fired this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Georgia game obviously kind of held him on. Um, but again, that's a roster you're looking at. That's not fantastic. They do have a seasoned quarterback now in Holinsky, but did you see what he got picked at today? Mm-mm. Number 53 ranked starting quarterback in the country. Ooh, what was JG? I don't know. I, I saw, um, um, oh man, that kind of makes me name. nervous. Or, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, need, I need, I guess I need to go look at it, but I saw, uh, our, our good buddy at the, uh, Spurs up show tweeted it. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, uh, I, I mean, and I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't confidently say that off the top of my head. He's not proven to be a ton. I think his experience helps. Um, but I think Will Muschamp's. He's not. He doesn't have a lot around him either. No, I think. I think Muschamp's kind of proven though that he was. Yeah. He just recruits defense. Like right. that's, that's it. So I yeah I, I feel okay about it. But defense is South Carolina guys. That's about it. Right. But I, I, that, that's why I got South Carolina. I, I just don't. I think Kentucky. So Kentucky's my next one. I hate to. I'll let you get to it after I mention this. But I think Kentucky. And it's going to make that Tennessee game interesting. I think Kentucky gets better this year. Now, I don't think the quarterback situation is better like they want to pretend. It's interesting. I don't think the quarterback situation is better. Um, I don't think it's worse, though, either. Mm-hmm. So, that's good news. Yeah, I have them probably around the same for me. Um, maybe they're a little bit more polished on offense. But I don't necessarily think they're better on offense with Bowden gone. No, no, no. I, like I said, I don't <clears throat> think the offense necessarily gets better. But I, I do think they have more options, I think. Like you said, more polished. Um, but I think Kentucky's probably going to improve this year. They had a decent recording class. I can't remember what it finished at. Um, they went in and they went in and really addressed some needs on the front seven defensively. 
Uh, so I just I just think they're getting they're improving their roster. I think Tennessee should still be better than them. I think Tennessee should have beat them by more than they shouldn't have come down to a goal line stand last year. Um, but Lynn Bowden Jr. is a freak. <laughs> He's yeah. able to keep him in that game. Um, so I think you know I think that Tennessee should win that game. I'm, I'm, I can say that confidently this early. But uh, I, I think that, I think Kentucky's roster improves more than South Carolina's. Yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that. I've I have Missouri at six, um, just because, dude, they're bad. They are they are bad. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got Missouri at. Uh, you have them at six. So five? so I guess I have them like oh, okay. So you... Bandy, Arkansas, Missouri. Okay. Um, and then gotcha. I have I have Kentucky just okay. because I, I think they they play they play at Neyland. Um, so I think that helps Tennessee's case. Their best team ever came to Neyland, and we beat the crap out of them. I think they're ranked number eleven in the country. Right. So I, I just don't see them coming to Neyland. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where it's just like until they can prove that they can actually beat Tennessee consistently, they're not they're not going to. Right. Um, just the way it works. Um, I, I think, and I, I'm not just dogging Kentucky like that. I I am, but I'm not. Um, Tennessee has that same problem with Florida. Yeah. You know, it's the the rosters and, and talent wise aren't a ton different. No. But mm-hmm. it's just that like they, they just They've won yeah. a lot more lately. Yeah. yeah. A lot more lately. Find ways to win. So Absolutely. um I think my next one I have I have South Carolina, um, after Kentucky, just because it's at South Carolina. I feel like that is a, a tougher place right. to play. Um and, you know, we haven't consistently beat Will Muschamp. Hopefully we're right. over that hump. Um, and and I, I do think that they aren't very good. No, their roster's not good. And I, and I think the Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina, I think those three are, are kind of lumped together. Like, they're, they're, there's not a, a lot difference between the two. So I, I go based off um, kind of history and, and then, you know, where the game's played at. No, absolutely. I agree. Um, I, I do have Missouri just after Kentucky. Like I said, I think those could all be flip flopped. Yep. Um, I, I like that Missouri is in Knoxville. You mentioned kind of home field. I like that it's in Knoxville. Uh, to see Elijah Young too. Elijah Young, yeah. But I think the one thing that scares me about the Missouri game is that it took an all world game from your quarterback and your sure. receivers to to win. So that's the one thing that scares me off. Now they they did lose quite a bit, especially offensively. So that that's again mm-hmm. the good news. Um, I like like I said though, I believe all three of those uh, talking about South Carolina, Kentucky, and Missouri could all be flip flopped. So yeah, who's their quarterback? It was Kelly Bryant. It was year. Kelly Bryant. I'm not sure who they who they get this year. Um, while you're looking that up, let, so let's talk about the. I don't know if you did the the other three SEC opponents, mm-hmm. um, but let's talk about them real quick, just because I, I mean they're challenging games, and I think all three of these can be flip flopped as well. I'm just curious what you have ranked and maybe why. We do have obviously some Georgia fans uh, in the in the chat, so I'm sure they want to hear it. Yeah. Um. So I have. So my next one it would be Oklahoma. Um, okay. So I, that not SEC team, but right. I, I think they're the easiest one out of those four. Right. Um, I would agree. Then I have Georgia. Mm-hmm. I just think with the way Tennessee finished out the last se- the last part of the season, um, this game is at toward the end of the season, so that I, I feel like that helps us. Um. And then Georgia just has to replace a lot. I right. think they will be good defensively, um, but I don't know. I, I just have – I just don't I, – I like, again, I don't think they're that much better than us talent-wise. They, yeah. they have, you know, good recruiting classes, but until they've proven that they can beat teams consistently, I'm, I'm not going to say they're they're better than Florida and Alabama. 
No, I don't. I, I have Georgia there too. I would. I would put Oklahoma. I agree. I would put Oklahoma before Georgia, but I have Georgia. Um, I, I'm not convinced that uh, Jamie Newman's the guy. I think a lot of people aren't. Um, I don't see how Georgia can't be confident that he's going to win them ball games. Now, if they go and get JT Daniels eligible, again, I'm not saying he's going to put them in the SEC title game or the cultural playoff, but I think he's going to make it a lot more interesting than Jamie Newman ever would. Yeah, and if JT Daniels is, if they named him the starter right now, I would probably put Alabama over Georgia just because I'm, I'm not big on Mac Jones. I'm not. No. no. Um, and, and it's at home, and I feel like, you know, Jer- Jeremy Pruitt, there's going to be a different fire when he plays. Right. And J- if J.J. Daniels is eligible today, he's probably the second best quarterback in the SEC and hadn't played a snap in the SEC. Yeah, he probably so, is, yeah. Uh, it, it could be interesting if, if they do name, uh, if they if the J.T. Daniels does get eligible for this season. I don't think it's likely, um, but it, it could happen and, and could be uh, – could mess up. Could make some things very, very interesting. Not only in the East, but in the entire SEC and country. Uh, I've got Florida before Bama. Okay. Just because I, I'm with you. I like Bama coming to Tennessee. I like that. Um, that Jeremy Pruitt seems like he may have a disdain for Alabama now. Uh, so that game could be really personal for him. Uh, it's funny you see it on a smaller scale if you're involved in high school sports and you see you see guys come from like West Knoxville to coach it at like a different school or see guys come from a different part of town and they're like. Okay, now I see it. I hate them. Oh, it's, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. So you see it on a much smaller scale. I think Jeremy Pruitt kind of got a uh, maybe a little taste for that when uh, some of the calls didn't go Tennessee's way for only the only thing you can explain is that Alabama's Alabama. It's mm-hmm. the only, only reason to explain it, only way you can explain it. Um, so I, I, just until Alabama gets – because at least you beat Florida and Georgia in the last five years. Yeah, 100%. And uh, the, the Alabama games you've been in – You've only been it really been in a few, so that's right. that's the unfortunate part. Um, that's why that's why I have Bama as the toughest one because I think not only they're gonna replace everybody on their roster just fine. They they did fine um, in terms of recruiting. Um, they do have a lot of the good. We talked to, I talked earlier about how Tennessee. It seems the staff and the players are all on the same page of the head coach. You can't say that confidently about Alabama. I mean, you the staff. There's too many too much. Or uh, turnover mm-hmm. to confidently say that. Yeah. So I do like that, but again, I just got to see you knock them off first. I like where Georgia's on the schedule. Um, I, I like where I like that Florida. Uh, I, I, I I can't say Kyle Trask is is the greatest option for them right now. I, I mean, I think they. Uh, what's the dude's name behind him? Uh, Emory Jones. I think Emory Jones <clears throat> could be the better quarterback on that roster. And we talk, and that's crazy to think about because we talk about Kyle Trask may be the best SEC quarterback right now. Yeah, he is. I I, I would say he is. Yeah, I, I would say that too. Um, and I have I have Florida last just because I, I'm more confident in Kyle Trask than I am Matt Jones. And that's uh, I 100 um, agree with that. But I I just I don't know. I feel like there's a like Alabama is just like. I don't know. Like, like I said, I think there's a different fire with Jeremy Brewer. He, right. He's going to take that game personal. And, you know, when Florida comes to town, it's just – it's tough to beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how bad they actually are, it, it's it's tough. Um, right. You did prove that you could beat them in 2016, which was great. You broke that streak. But you also had to score like 28 unanswered points to do yep. so. Exactly. Um, so, it, it, it wasn't easy. You are down, what, 28 to 3 at halftime? It's not like I mean, twenty ten at one point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was a tough game. So I don't know. I, I feel like they they're gonna be probably the 
best team in the East preseason wise. Preseason, yeah, I think they'll be they'll be ahead of Georgia. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people are a lot of people have bought into the Georgia hype, so I'm curious to see where that goes. Uh, I think all those. I think the last three though, Georgia, Florida, Bama, could all be flopped. However you want to put them, I think yeah. they're all just very any, challenging. Any games. different day, you could have right. a different three. Very challenging roster with some. Uh, Going to be some chat. If you want, want to get some wins in there and grab some wins, it'd be great to still, still at least one of those wins. It, you, your season should be on a pretty good track. I would have won some trivia today, man. Two thousand seven, Ted Ginn Jr. ran a uh, opening kickoff back, and then Florida beat Ohio State. 2006, Devin Hester ran the opening kickoff back from Chicago for Chicago, and then they lost to the Colts. Dang, what two like big name? I know returners too. Yep. Wow, I'm just I'm I would have won some trivia, man. I, I'd be getting a free meal tonight, I think, <laughs> with that gift card. That's a I'm I was pretty surprised. I, I remember who won it and uh, had the teams right. The years were off, but I'm confident. If uh, if I had to sit and think about it, I would have gotten it. I did get the Super Bowl. If there was food on the line, you would have got it. Exactly. Food and beer on the line, I would have won that one. Um, I did get the Super Bowl one right, though. But I said 07 or 08, which did they – so Chris Leak, so did they win the next year? So they won 07, 08, or was it 06, 07? Florida. I couldn't even tell you. Let's see if I can click on it. I don't know. Um, Let's see. They won the national championship. I said 2006. I don't want to. I need the Florida, Florida football here. Let's see. Um, but we're going to talk about Vols in the MLB draft. It's a good. It was a. It was a good weekend for the Vols. Everybody, I think everybody that was really uh, much a much smaller draft went from uh, went from 40 rounds to five five rounds. I like, yeah. I, I'm going to miss this. Uh, it's a much smaller draft. Um, you got to see a Vol go in the first round though. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and you know if he got to play this season, those in in those sixteen games, he only pitched one time. I think it was like three innings, um, and I and I think he had like four strikeouts in in those three innings. Um, you probably see him go even higher, right? I mean, I think entering into this season, he was you know like the number two pitcher in the mm-hmm. in the SEC, and I think two or three guys went. Um, in front of them, um, that were in that were SEC pitchers. I think Asa Lacy at uh, Texas A and M and Emerson Hancock at Georgia also. Yeah, went ahead of him. So yeah, you, you want to see if how high he could have win if he actually got to play this season, but had some soreness. So I think Chicago White Sox get a steal um, with the eleventh overall pick. Get a left-handed pitcher Garrett Crochet. Um, he's a seventeenth first-round pick in program history. Seventeen. That's yeah, quite a bit. That is. I was I was honestly. And I mean, you haven't you haven't had one since um, 2016 with Nixon Zell, and before that, I I couldn't even. It, it was close to. Was it 2007? It was J.P. Aaron Sebia, um and Julio Borbone. I think were, um, in the first round. So you, it, it's it's been a while, um, and so to be the 17th, that's that's right. pretty pretty awesome. Um, but he's that six six frame. I, I think he's going to be able to help a team right away. He just has that big league stuff. All right. Um, I think everybody likes the heat he's throwing. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Except for the batters. <laughs> right. Um, and then you had Al Solari get picked in the second round, fifty uh, ninth overall to the Twins. He's an outfielder or utility guy. He played some in the infield as well. I yep. think he's. You just want this kid in your lineup. I mean, his bat. I, he, he's a great defender also. Um, but his bat, like he can he can hit 
lead off. He can hit ninth if you need him to. I mean, the the kid can flat out do it all. Um, so that I, I think that's why he kind of jumped up in that second round. He had like a third round grade, um, but I think the the season that he was that he had his his sophomore year yeah. um, after junior college, where he just dominated the SEC and, and batted I think around three sixty uh, and was an All-American, I think third-team All-American on one. Um, and then it was a preseason All-American this year and, and kind of struggled early in, in the year. I think, like I said last time, it was the seventh game before his batting average was over 100. Right. Um, and was able to rattle off several home runs yeah. after that. So I think he ended up batting like 250-something. So it was really picking up his game before the shutdown. Um, but it's first time Tennessee has had a player drafted in each of the first two rounds since 2006. Um, gosh, I can't think of it. It was, it was Luke Hoshaver was number one overall. And then I can't remember who exactly was the other one now, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, anyway, um, it, it was another pitcher. And then they actually did it in 2005 also. Uh, Luke Hoshaver was picked in the first round, I think 30-something, and then Chase Headley was picked in the second round. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so kind of big names to follow right. with uh, Garrett Crochet and Al Solari. And then uh, outfielder Zach Daniels went in the fourth round, 131st overall to the Houston Astros. Um, so a little bit of heads up. He was not a part of the Houston Astros, so please do not throw baseballs at him. He was not banging on the tra- trash right. can. I, I don't think he'll get – I think uh, it seems like all the guys remember exactly who was a part of that. Because <laughs> even guys who weren't on the uh, – on that aren't on the Astros anymore were getting baseballs thrown at him. Yeah. So, I think they, I think they know exactly who – It's good. Should who it was. Yep. Um, but Vols had the second most players drafted in the SEC. Vanderbilt had four. Um, they tied with Texas A&M and Mississippi State with three. Um, it was the first time um, – okay, so it was the first time three guys went in the first four rounds um, gotcha. since 2007. Okay. Um, pretty, that's pretty – I mean, it shows how quickly um, Vitello has been able to get this roster up to up to par in terms of competing for the um, – to get to the SEC um, or to, to challenge the, the best in the SEC and get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, you had 26 of the 160 drafted players were from the SEC, and then 14 SEC signees were drafted. Um, so the SEC just destroying the draft. Um, and then college, I think 140 maybe, 150, something like that, were, uh, or maybe it was 130, 140, something like that, were college baseball players, so not even high school. Thanks. So, yeah. Yeah, so big time. Um, I I think that's just what you know. It, it's it's better to, and not every guy. I think every guy's different. Um, but I, I think you're seeing a lot more players just opt to go to college just because you, you get that much training, that much prepared to right. um, to compete in in the minor leagues and make your way up to the the majors faster. I, th- I don't think you. Make it any faster if you go straight to the minors from high school. Right, right. Um, I mean, yeah, it just, and it's probably dependent on every situation because some guys want to at least get that signing bonus early and yeah, get in the system early. But yeah, it did. Seems like 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 you said, college baseball starting to 
kind of show it to be. And my and there's a lot of minor leagues getting dropped. So. Yeah, and, and Tennessee affiliate. Tennessee's going to return a, a lot of their uh, pitchers from last year. You know, with this shorter draft, you're not going to have guys like in the 40th round get drafted and, right. and leave. Um, so you have Jackson Leith, who you know probably thought he was going to get drafted. Didn't work out for him. Um, he was a JUCO transfer, so didn't see a ton of him um, in college this season with the with the, only the 16 games. But mm-hmm. was four and zero in those 16 games, so will probably be um, the favorite to be that Friday night starter next right. year. And then uh, Chase Wallace also will be back. And then you had two of Tennessee's top signees. You know, thought that they might hear their name called, did not. Um, you had pitcher Blade uh, Tidwell, and then pitcher Charez Butcher. Um, so two big time recruits at Tennessee. If it was any other year, they probably lose them. Right. And I, I know 2020 was supposed to be a big year for Tennessee baseball, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident 2021, um, could have very similar expectations, if not more, honestly, mm-hmm. I know you lost a lot of key guys, but, um, you also, you guys are getting older and, and hopefully more time, you know, I know they've been off, but I, hopefully those guys have been working and Vitello has been able to is able to get these these guys to where they're, uh, you know, we're playing a lot of games in Hoover. Maybe we're in Hoover for a week. Yeah, and to get, you know, that many guys drafted in just those five rounds, I, I think that's awesome to see. And I, I think you have the right guy in charge, right, um, over there with with Tony Vitello and, and the right people. I think you have a good um, Frank Anderson's a great pitching coach. You got a great director of baseball operations in Chad exactly. Zerker, <laughs> the best. Um, so I, I think the right guys are in charge over there, and you know I'm I'm super excited for the future of Tennessee baseball. Absolutely, absolutely. We got some questions. Some questions, yeah. Let's let's get them out. Bring them out. Um, also, uh, Alan Gilruth, he said, "Hey guys from Kingsport, all the way What's from up? Kingsport. What's up, man? Give us some to... pals, man. Bring it. Deliver some pals." <laughs> Um, let's get to these questions. Um, somebody said, "What happened to Catfish?" Been a while. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember last time I saw him on the uh, uh, the morning show. Uh, it was I can't remember if it was this week or, or last maybe week. last week. Is it last yeah. week? These days, like I said, these days are running together. Hopefully, we can get out of this uh, where they are. But look out for him. He's been on the show. Uh, he he's been there. Um, I think he was on last Thursday. Is the last time I remember. With Billy? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, be looking out for him. <laughs> yep, he's there. And then we also had the thought on Jamie Newman. Yeah, I don't think he's the guy. I <laughs> <laughs> think it's going to think it's gonna be better for Carolina, or for Carolina, for Georgia, if uh, JT Daniels gets uh, eligible. Yeah. I think he's just a more polished quarterback. And, and done it against good talent. I don't think Jamie Newman has done anything against right. decent talent. So. Right. Um, Walter Ray Pig, at Pig underscore Ray. Um, is Tennessee going to be OU? I'm going to go Yes. I'm saying it. Bold prediction, Cotton. It's going to take a lot, but I I mean, I'm going to pick them the week of. Let's <laughs> so I get I don't know. Take do with that what you will. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't put money on it, but I am picking Tennessee. Yeah, I, I think we're every bit as talented as as Oklahoma, so give me the balls. I will not be betting on it. That's right. <laughs> um he also asks is Eric will Eric Gray rush for um 150 to 200 yards i think if he does that i think you absolutely see tennessee beat oklahoma what was it 150 or 250 yeah or 152 250 oh, uh, yeah two sorry two if he if he does that to tennessee yeah better better win right otherwise some stuff has happened yeah because they're if they're able to open up the holes right that then then you don't like you need a quarterback to for third down situation but if you're running the ball like that 
Why do you have to throw? Right. You don't have to. Right. Um. I thought. Oh, we we do have some more. So Kevin Wilhoy has a couple. He says thoughts on Rick DeSantis bill allowing Florida's collegiate athletes to be paid. How will this affect the SEC? Um, I mean, I think you've seen that kind of a lot. That I don't know. I understand what legislation has to really do with it. Uh, it's going to yeah. take the NCAA passing it. That, right. That's what's going to determine it. I mean, it's only a matter of time. So NCAA is in the next couple of years, and it should be. They're going to be able to profit off their likeness, um, and their name and likeness, and and that's that's how it should be. It, we can argue back and forth about whether the school should be paying them. The only issue, and we, I don't think we have enough time to go in depth about it. The only issue with the schools paying them is only your your biggest programs will survive. Like your biggest um, sports will survive. Yeah. So if we're okay, you know, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong. It is what it is. Um, it's funny. A lot of people who are all for, you know, capitalism and stuff, they're the ones, they're the first ones to go, well, then you lose, you know, women's swimming. And it's like, if you're for capitalism, then we're talking about the teams that make money. And we can go back and forth on that, but you lose those teams because now all the money is going to be used for football and basketball. Yep. Um, paying the athletes to get them on campus. But the bottom line, it's simple. They should be allowed to profit off their likeness. That, Absolutely. Yeah. That is – I don't know how you could argue with that. 100%. And, and I, I think if the whole Florida thing – like if the NCAA is like – say they leave it up to each individual, individual school yeah. to, to do whatever they want to do. If Florida's out here – yeah, we're paying them, and we're paying them this amount. And Tennessee, no, we're not going to. You're you're going to get killed in a recruit. Yeah, because guys want to go make money. But I yeah, I don't think the NCAA, the NCAA is going to have a flat line rule. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I didn't know about that legislation. I'll have to look into that. I don't. I don't really know what they could do because if, if it's you know it's still not legal in the NCAA to pay players, then your team's not going to be eligible to compete in the NCAA. So. Yeah, and if the NCAA doesn't like, I mean, they haven't really done anything during this whole. <laughs> The, the whole thing was, oh, they're off, so they could, you know, make this one-time transfer thing happen, there, and they, you know, push it back yeah. to January. So, right. I, I, I don't see them making a decision on that anytime soon. I think it's going to be a lot more legwork than just, you know, saying, um, yeah, they can get paid. Right. Um, and, and they can't even okay a one-time transfer rule. So, I, I don't know how long it will actually be until they get something like that going. Right. I, yeah. I'm not sure either. Uh, I've got one from Chris Wilson here. He said, "What's going on with Kamara Wilcoxon and Terrence Lewis? I think uh, I think everybody's looking into some of their tweets. Uh, I don't I don't think there's been anything really said. I think it's all about tweets they're they're liking and uh, commenting back to. I think yeah. is what the consensus has been. So um, I couldn't tell you what what's going on. Yeah, maybe maybe don't look into Twitter as much. Because um, if they weren't if they want to go to a different school right now." They wouldn't be committed to Tennessee. Yeah, I guess that's the if you're looking if you're asking if they should be you know, worried about decommitments. Well, yeah, you're just not going to know until it happens. Um, and the the unfortunate fact is it could happen. Um, yeah, and I, like we've been saying the whole time, you're going you're going to see some decommitments. Hopefully, it's not from guys like Terrence Lewis and Kamar Wilcox, some because we know the talent they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it could, and uh, I don't I, those those would hurt this class, but they wouldn't be detrimental. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it would definitely suck. You you hate to see guys decommit, right? Um, even if it is you know a guy being told to look elsewhere, you, right. you still don't like to see guys that were in a class and and help bring guys into this class, and then you push them out. So 
you know, you, you never see you never and you never want to see guys leave the program either. Right. Um, but you're always going to have to fight for recruits. It, it's early. Um, you, you do have all the way till December, um, mm-hmm. and some even February. Right. Or, or Zach Evans could go on and, until you know a couple weeks ago. Right. Um. So, so you never you never know. You're always going to have to keep recruiting these guys. They did commit to Tennessee, so I'd rather them be committed to Tennessee and right. us. You know, other teams have to play catch up than us have to play catch up. Right. Absolutely. So, Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not saying you don't have to worry about it because I think those are two you're going to have to fight till the end to get. Yeah, they're not. Um, they're. I mean, any anybody really, you got yeah. got to get ink to paper. Sometimes just get them on campus before you can. Uh, yeah. Assume that. I mean, in. Terrence Lewis hasn't been on campus in over a year, so yep. when he gets back on. When everything opens back up, you're able to get guys on campus. I think Tennessee does just a, an, I think they do good enough as anybody in the country as selling their facilities and their program. Right. When they get on campus. Um, but but take care of things on the field. Yep. That's that, what you got to do first. got to go win some games. Yep. Win, winning is the best recruiting pitch. So, um, got to win some football games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, he actually – um, Kevin Woolhoy actually asked, he says, as a 34-year-old vol lifer, is it once again time to mentally prepare for my big orange dreams and recruiting skies to fall? Um, I mean, I, I guess you always kind of worry about that as a Tennessee fan. Yeah, I don't think it ever really goes in, away. It's always in the back of your mind. Um, so, yeah, you, you should always probably be prepared. <laughs> but, uh, but Tennessee fans, we always hope for the best. Exactly. Exactly. And he did ask deuces to Terrence Lewis and Kamar Wilcoxon. Um, you know, it's too early. I mean, you can't say bye yet. Yeah. That's for sure. And I mean, I, like I, you said, if they were going to decommit, they if they were they were definitely going to decommit, they would have already decommitted. Right. So it's not in the bag. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it won't happen, but it's not, you know, a lot of people are probably saying, oh, it's, you know, they're gone, it's over, whatever. Um, but that that's just not the case because they, like you said, they would have de- they, not that they would have committed to another school already, but they would have definitely decommitted. And not to say like, I, I think a lot of people were kind of frustrated. They they put on Twitter their dream school. Who goes to their dreams? A lot of kids don't go to their dream school. Trevor Lawrence's dream school was Tennessee, and guess what? He ended up at Clemson. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you don't always go where your dream school is, and that's just the reality of it. You go to the best fit for you at that point in time. And, you know, they thought it was Tennessee. And I think right now they, they think it's Tennessee and, until proven otherwise. Right. So, right. Right, right. Uh, any other questions? I think that's... Why is it taking so long for Doug to start this game? He starts A&M here in just a minute. Let's yeah, see. I think that's it. That's it. All, All the right. questions. Any other questions? I'm gonna I'm gonna look one more time on on uh, Twitter here. Pull up YouTube one more time. They said uh, which freshman would make a big impact this year. I guess we'll go with uh, the biggest impact. Yes, that's the question. Which freshman would make the biggest impact this year? Hmm. I think it's I think it's Jalen Hyatt. I think the well, Jalen Hyatt or Tyler Barron. I think it's one of those two. Okay. Um, and, and it it could possibly possibly be Harrison Bailey if we're talking day one I think you know those two have the the easier path to see the field right away I would I would agree with that um I like Jalen Hyatt yeah I uh I mean I've liked him since the beginning so that it, it would be tough to bet against him I like what you said about Tyler Barron I mean you like, like you've talked about this he's kind of been around the program his, his dad's a you know at 
at the program. The, yeah, <laughs> he's at the facility. Um, he kind of knows what to expect coming in day one. I'm sure he's done a lot of training with uh, over on campus, plenty. Um, so I think he's got a really good – I mean, I think he has a high ceiling because of his athletic ability, and I think he's just got a ton of room also to improve. If mm-hmm. um, I don't think what you've seen is all what you'll get out of him. Yep. So – um, uh, I, I think I like we'll see. I, I think we'll see a lot of these guys um, contribute as sophomores, like right. being more like starters, or, or maybe toward the end of the season, you see a lot more guys emerge. Right. I think Keyshawn Lawrence has the opportunity to to see the field. There is kind of a loaded. Um, you're kind of loaded with DBs right now. You don't have right. you, you, did, you only lost Nigel Warrior, and you have guys that are behind him. Um, but, when you play five DBs and, and you know with injuries and all that stuff, I, I think he has an opportunity to see the field pretty early too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, most important of the week. Most important. Uh, I was actually going to go with Trey Smith, Walter Camp, okay. preseason All American. Um, and then I saw that right before the season that he didn't give up a single sack yeah, that's in incredible. 2019. That's incredible. Um, I mean, dude is just a freak. And you know, I think I think we we're talking about it this morning with. Um, John L. Stokes is like you have you have Trey Smith, the leader of this team, who is an offensive lineman. That you know the position in sports that you get zero credit for. Yep. Um. So I, I think it's awesome to see. I, I love how Tennessee is really um, branding their players, even at a position that's not a quarterback. Right. I think that's awesome. So love Trey Smith. Um. Gonna hate to see when he is actually done at Tennessee. I'm glad we somehow get one more season. I did not think that would happen. So, I think he started 31 games already. I think I read – or 32, something like that. Yeah, he'll – I think his 32nd game will be – Charlotte. Yeah, will be Charlotte, I believe. That's wild. Right. I mean, I guess that's right, but it's, it's it just doesn't seem like it's already – I mean, I remember when he – I was working at Lowe's still in college, and I was in the back, and I – Ran to the bathroom because I was like, he's about to announce. So I ran to the bathroom and watched it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's wild how. Well, I mean, we had we had just started like the show when he announced was like a month old. Yeah. So it was um, one of our, it's got to be one of our uh, first like hundred tweets probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um. See so here, my first one is Pat Summit. Happy birthday, Pat Summit. And then uh, ESPN, one of their only good tweets. They're usually a part of our fails because they usually have some bad ones. They um, they tweet out her stats, and I think you just need to hear them. She had thir- she coached thirty eight seasons, and it's crazy to see uh, the trajectory that the Lady Vols took from when she started to where she was driving the bus and washing the uniforms to where she ended in Thompson Bowling Arena with banners all over the all over the place. Um, thirty eight seasons, eight national championships, eighteen Final Four appearances. Five-time Naismith Coach uh, Coach of the Year, and then a uh, um, first uh, a ballot Hall of Famer. What am I trying to say? She's a Hall of Famer. Whatever. Yeah. So goat. Yeah. No, she is the goat. No doubt. Hundred um, percent. It's it's really cool that you know we're we're starting to get like like Robert Neal, like none of us ever met Robert Neelan. Right. Neither one of us did. Um but we we've gotten to the age where we like meet these like s- historic coaches that mm-hmm. were at Tennessee like Johnny Majors and 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 Pat Summit. Um so it it's it's really cool to be I guess not a part of the history but like 
you get to see it firsthand. Yeah, you're learning it firsthand. I yeah. think that's the, the cool part about yeah. it. So. Um, my next one is uh, Frank Anderson, um, Tennessee's pitching coach. It's his 82nd, yeah, 82nd pitcher selected in the MLB draft. 82. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, Guy's a freak. Uh, yeah. I mean, Derek Crochet came in throwing mid-80s and left here throwing triple I feel digits. like that's the most insane jump. It's crazy. It's wild. Two years? Three years? Three years. Three yeah. years? I feel like that's an insane jump. 20 yeah. mile per hour. Um, yeah, that that's pretty insane. Uh, my next one's MLB baseball related. Uh, Cole Tucker tweeted, I think in 2013? Yeah. January 10th, 2013, tweeted late night sesh with at it's um, Carson Carson Tucker. Uh, I think it's at Dookie Tucker 29. Don't know if that's a great at name. Said kid never starts working. Little man's going to go first round. And then obviously the other night, hashtag, or he hashtag tweeted uh, or quote tweeted it with told you because Carson Tucker went uh, 23 overall to the Cleveland Indians. Hey, so that's awesome. Yeah, I loved a bunch of tweets asking him for the uh, lottery numbers for tomorrow. See, if <laughs> also predict that. That's pretty crazy, though. To, I mean, I feel like everybody says that about their you know little brother, cousin, yeah, nephew, I, I like best it. friend. I saw one, but that's you know when it happens, it's pretty cool. One tweet, and I don't remember, but she was like, "In four years, I'm gonna be in a, in the Olympics," Shit. and and she was like, "I'm." training for the olympics nice yeah that's pretty cool yeah so like when you uh predict I feel like that, that one like four years i feel like <clears> we should was... we should just like do like bold predictions of ourselves and then <laughs> Not even like, ourselves just we can pick random people well yeah we could do that too <laughs> but i'm saying like maybe in like four years that we're actually to that point right right we're just like told you but exactly. we have so many like yeah. That we're bound to hit at least one. It's like the Michael Scott rumor thing. Mm-hmm. You just start so many rumors and one of them's going to hit. Right. Yeah. One of them's going to be true. Yeah. So, absolutely. Uh, fail of the week. Or do you have any more most important? I don't have any more most important. I do have some fails. My first is uh, Jameis Winston. Oh, gosh. Every He's, week. He says, I know what I'm worth. Historically, I'm one of the best quarterbacks to play the game. Yeah, dude. That's. That's another miss you can put on your stat sheet. 31 now. Congrats. Oh, my God, dude. Congrats. How? How? Dude, I wrote a really good tweet for him. That's wild. When he threw his... When he threw his uh, 30th interception. Imagine being one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and thinking you're the best. Okay, in fairness, he's not one of the worst. We've seen a lot worse. And he threw 30... It's a, One it of is, the worst currently. It's amazing how bad he is... For how good he is, that's true. Yeah, he, that's he, amazing. Some of the throws, I'm just like, man, dude. In 2013, I tweeted James Winston may be blonde. <laughs> um, so I yeah, I've got the the whole uh, standing on the corner, James Winston, Tampa, Florida thing. I thought it was a pretty good one. He was so like he squints. I mean, he got LASIK eye surgery. A lot of people are saying he might be good now. When the whole Drew Brees thing happened, do you think he was just like, dude, I'm gonna start? Oh, he was probably so pumped. Yeah. <laughs> And He's then like, they're like, that, that dude just got canceled. They're like, yeah, we we talked to him and and everything's good. He was like, God crap. Yeah, no, he's very upset. He was very upset about that. Um, I don't think I have any fills. I was trying to find some, trying to dig up some dirt, couldn't get anything. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Um, I do have one more. Um, where's it at? 
Uh, so, shut. Now offering splash shields on football helmets to block droplets from sweat, coughs, and sneezes. Cost is $15 each for upper and lower. Well, let me see. So it's like a full it's visor. God, why do like... Why That's the, so dumb. Pe- why do the things people wear keep getting uglier and uglier? And like, dude, why would you... Like, I've heard people... I've never actually worn a visor, but I've heard they're like the most annoying thing. And it's just like right here. Imagine right. if it was your whole face. No, I mean, there'd I feel be like no it would way. definitely fog up. Because you're breathing, you're breathing right in it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it would definitely fog Yeah, up. that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty bad. I mean, just, yes. You remember that time period where football players would wear, and I did it on NCAA, unfortunately, but those stupid, like, tiny sweatbands, like, just below the, above and below the elbow. Oh, Some yeah. people wore them on their legs. What are you even keeping the sweat from? I think my freshman year in college, I wore them on my yeah, legs. I was were, that idiot. Dude, like, I mean, I... Thanks I, a lot, Caleb. My dude wore three on NCAA, and now looking back, I'm like, what? That makes no sense. I was trying to be the NCAA character. Yeah, I exactly. wasn't that great at football, but I, <laughs> I at least, like, wanted to look the part. You had to, you did the Heisman, like, starting from the bottom and just... Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I just couldn't get my rating up fast enough. You know, college <laughs> just passed me by. Exactly. That's all I got for... Yeah, that's fails. it. That, that's all I got for fails, too, guys. It's uh, It's been a great show. Appreciate you guys hopping on. Um, do want to remind you that look for the uh, Jarnell Stokes interview on Tuesday. Um, it's dropping Tuesday morning. It's a great Voltails. Uh, great to talk with Jarnell Stokes. Uh, great to hear, um, you know, a lot from him. Because I, I was actually looking before the show as I kind of prepared for it and or before the interview, and he hasn't like spoken a ton. So it was great to hear him talk. Yeah, and I'm glad we got to do that, and he pre- he appreciates us giving him that platform. We love that, and um, we love we'll do that for VFLs all the time. Um, I think that's kind of the issue when you talk about the NCAA. Uh, you're talking about how these players, and we talk about you know talk about it more on the uh, you know opinion side and 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 how they brand themselves. But that's one thing that I think in the uh, NCAA athletic departments need to do a better job of, and that's branding them as uh, in terms of letting them speak and letting them have the the platform that they've created for themselves. They don't get that opportunity all the time. And I know we don't get to talk to them while they're in school, but if we can give them an opportunity at any point in their lives, they definitely deserve it because we all cheer for them on Saturday. So we can sit down for an hour to hear from them. Yeah, absolutely. So, what, yeah. And it doesn't have to be about, it doesn't have to be a serious issue either. Uh, it can be a lighthearted, like Chris Weathers was a great interview. Um, and we have Billy Ratliff obviously on, haven't had him on for a full ball tales, but had him on to just talk about his time in Tennessee, and, that, and it was fantastic. So. Yeah. And they get to share a little bit about themselves. Yeah, so it, it could go – I, I guess we didn't expect it to go that way, but it, it was a really yeah. good conversation. It's, it's his platform. Um, to have, yeah. Um, and and I, I actually had a question prepared to, like, kind of lighten – like, um, I, I guess kind of break him out of his shell if he had one. Yeah. Because the dude wears a size 20 shoe, and I was like, dude. I forgot about that. I was like, dude. I want to see what a size 20 shoe looks like. So I want him to actually show me his, his shoe or his foot. Um, but, but we got to, we, we were kind of serious. So I, I didn't want to take that away from him. I don't want him to keep. I wish we had though, because I remember when he got onto campus now that, uh, he had to wear black Adidas shoes because they didn't have size 20 and the orange and white Adidas shoes. Yeah. Like at that point, like, do you have tears at like the, at Nike when you're, I guess they're over in China, right? Where they make the shoes. Yeah. Um, they have. I, I don't know where they. Yeah, all somewhere. Over the, yeah, all over the world, um, China or Nike. But they have tiers like, okay, you make, you know, six through twelve, right? And then you have 
14 through 15. And this one guy who gets his own office can make 20 plus. I would imagine that uh, those are all custom made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that his, that all Darnell Stokes it shoes. It definitely takes he, – he's never went to a store and came out with shoes. Exactly. There's no way. Yeah, I'd imagine they're, they're all custom Because Shaq wears a 22. So, Does he? So, I was curious, like, how how fast do you run a 40? Because, like, that – you got to take, like – if you can take off for wind, you got to take off for, like, wearing a size 22. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, make sure you guys make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. All volunteer roadshow as well. Look out for uh, the interview. To, it'll be released on YouTube. We'll tweet it out, put it on Facebook, um, but it'll be on YouTube to watch. And uh, make sure you do all that. You can watch the show. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also uh, listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts. We've, we're on all the platforms. We're on. We are on the grid. As on the grid as you can be on the grid. Yeah, we're there. Speaking of, oh, speaking of that, I do need I need to share this. I meant to tell you this earlier, but now that I'm sitting for a camera, I'll tell you. So I was watching the Fresh Prince episode that Donald Trump comes on, mm-hmm. and I was on TikTok just scrolling, and it popped up. Someone had posted, it and it popped up on my for you page. So is TikTok That's creepy, part dude. of this? Oh that, my gosh! Like I, don't I, like that. I feel like it had to be listening to me. Oh, hmm. yeah. I need to maybe need to look at my uh, my privacy settings. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Donnie T coming so, yeah, up on, speaking, your, on your feed. Well, speaking of being on the, I'm on the grid, unfortunately. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I think, I think I was heard. So, um, but guys, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, can't wait for Wednesday. We'll be back Wednesday and, uh, it'll be good to be back. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. We're bringing the boat in and we out.